Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to another episode of A Novel Evening. My name is Danny. You can find me over on Instagram as at Blotted Ink Books. And for this episode, I am joined by the lovely Kate Sawyer. She is the author of the critically acclaimed The Stranding. Um, this is one that I think you probably have seen everywhere. And judging from the blurb, I don't think it's quite what everybody expects this story to be. Um, I'll give you a little hint. It involves a whale. Uh, and that's what I'm going to tell you. You're going to need to pick the book up uh, and you're just going to have to have a listen to this while I ask Kate all about her inspiration behind the novel um, and, of course, dive into her novel evening. So a big hello to Kate. Hello. Hi, Danny. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you very much for taking some time out to come and come and chat with me, especially considering the heat wave that we're having. <laughs> I know actually this is nice in a cool room and chatting sitting down not sweating taking my daughter around the park or anything like that so no movement just sitting still it is it's outrageous my house is actually cooler than it is outside at the moment my house is quite cool so I'm quite glad to be sat in here because it looks so hot outside I have to go get my kids soon I'm like oh Oh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna melt yes thank you and uh, I'm incredibly excited to meet you this weekend at the book party that's happening obviously one by the time this comes out it will have happened we'll all be recovering from it but it's gonna be very very exciting to get to meet you in person and chat with you yeah I'm really looking forward to meeting all the bloggers that I've been in contact with on social media but I've never met in person I've met a couple at book launches a couple of people but yeah to be able to put real faces to you know avatars <laughs> yeah. really nice. you've obviously just done a really big bookshop tour as well for the stranding you've been all over the place but not down south I'm not going to judge you too harshly listen I would do but a lot of it was self you know my um PR are really supportive my pub- my publicist and the team at coronet are really supportive yeah. but with the paperback there wasn't really you know the emphasis yeah. on tour but because I didn't couldn't really do any events uh, or many yeah, events when the stranding came out I thought I really want to meet the booksellers because yeah. people have been so supportive however it's really funny because I'm like yeah I can do East Anglia I can do Suffolk this day Essex this day and then suddenly you realize that these counties although England is small in comparison to many countries when you start driving around and going to bookshops it's uh, quite a tiring um they're actually quite far apart aren't they you realize when you're driving around you're like oh like Somerset and Devon they're quite close then you're like oh actually (laughs) yeah so I haven't been down south that far uh west I haven't really been west at all I haven't been to Wales I haven't been to Ireland and I haven't managed to get to Scotland even though I have family and friends there 
so that is a focus when this family comes out next year I really hope that there'll be events a bit more dotted around um the country or the you know around different places so that I can visit some bookshops in different places as well because when people have been so supportive it just feels like you really want to meet the booksellers it's the same as the book party this weekend being able to meet the bloggers that have been so supportive of the book because that's those are the people that are bringing it to other readers attention and that makes all the difference to authors yeah no definitely and as you said you know the the stranding came out at kind of a strange time I guess for for new book releases how did it feel when your when you know your book came out and it's slightly different situation to how it will be when when your second book comes out but obviously with covid and things it was a strange time yeah it's it's quite hard to compare because it's all I know and um my publicity team and I really went for it with what was available to us so you know the bookshops had opened but they weren't having events so and I think I could for most of it the run-up to publication you could only go so far so I just tried to do my local area and then as I could like got to London a bit and um and then I did try to do as much online stuff as possible so I'm used to, so that's all I know, really. So the possibility of going further afield is really exciting. And it's sort of when the book was taken on just before the pandemic, uh, you know, part of what I was really looking forward to was meeting people and finding a new community from starting a new career. Um, because it is such a solitary activity uh, writing itself but then it doesn't have to be once the book gets out into the world like being an author isn't just writing at a desk it's sort of it's also making contact with people talking about your book and listening to readers feedback and all of that stuff Um, and I was really looking forward to that so I'm looking forward to a bit more IRL stuff (laughs) when when this family comes out was it strange so obviously the the stranding the blurb doesn't give an awful lot away with what happens and it sounds like an incredibly unusual story was it a bit strange you it hints at you know the end of of the world essentially was it a bit strange for that to come out when there was a pandemic and such hysteria and panic and yeah I mean it so I sold the book, we sold the book, my agent and I sold the book um, to Coronet, I think it was two weeks or a week and a half before the first lockdown. So when we went for our meeting, it was like people were starting to get a little bit like hand sanitizer and there were a few people wearing masks. I remember there was like a picture of a woman like with a carrier bag over her head on the tube. Like that was that week when people were just starting, you know, my mum was sort of, someone helped with my daughter's buggy because my baby was really small when we went to London. So my mum with with my daughter as well, because I was still breastfeeding. And um, yeah, someone helped us on the tube and mum was like, should we sanitise the buggy? (laughs) You know, but at the same time, we were sort of laughing at ourselves, had no idea what was coming, what was going to come. And so, yes, a couple of weeks after we'd sold it, I was just like, oh my God, like, have I bought this on? 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, of course, my book isn't about a pandemic, but it is about a total sort of reset or a total change to the way that we live. Um, and so there the were some maybe slightly narcissistic, let's face it, because I had nothing to do <laughs> with the pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, it did make me sort of think about the book in that way. But then when I edited it, which was during first or the second lockdown um yeah. throughout the book of them I it definitely fed into what I chose to elevate what I chose yeah. to it was already about isolation it was already about missing things from our past people that recognizing how much people mean to us to having close proximity but it definitely made me bring out more of that and focus on it yeah, you're sat there like, am I? Am I psychic? Is that what yeah. I do now? <laughs> I know, I'm just, I, I'm only going to write books now that are about like really good things happening. No, uh, that's actually not true. But <laughs> <laughs> ignore all of that. Um, so tell me about The Stranding and the idea behind it for anyone who hasn't picked up the book and hasn't read it. So the headline everyone goes with is that it's about a woman and a man who survived the end of the world by hiding inside a whale. Um, that is so probably the like most unusual thing about the book but really like any book it's not really about that it's about um, it's two strands one set in London now and one set in New Zealand on a beach after the end of the world right. um, and they join up it's a circular story so you're always heading towards the end in one strand and you're heading away from the end yeah strand. and it's about destiny so it's a little bit about looking for signs um it's about relationships and how important they are um it's about seeing who people really are um and it's about the little things that make life worth living really <laughs> See, the first parallel that I make is, of course, Jonah and the Whale. Was there any okay. kind of inspiration there with that story? Why a whale? Um, well, the whale just came, was the initial point. More and more, I'm thinking, I mean, as you know, I also have a podcast uh, called Novel Experience, where I talk to authors about how they write or why, you know, why they write. And the more I talk about it, the more interested I am in the fact that it is quite um, subconscious. It's quite a subconscious act of creation and then you create, curate it. So that initial thing came from a, a, a writing prompt for a writing challenge. Oh. So the challenge was to write a play a day for 28 days. And I was working in events at the time and I didn't really have much time, but I was trying to just keep my creative stuff going. And on one day, the prompt was Blue Whale. And it said that it was for, um, it said it was for a, uh, we've chosen this because there's something, there was some sort of suicide pact, some sort of horrible suicide pact online called Blue Whale. Oh, and okay. I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I absolutely don't want to write about that. So I just Googled blue whales rather than blue whale and um, discovered this 
just sort of saw stuff about where they migrated and stuff like that and it said New Zealand and I thought okay so we're on a beach uh in New Zealand there's a beached whale um and, but I didn't start at the beginning where the story is I just had this um, idea of a family living inside the bones of a whale post-apocalypse <laughs> talking about the way life used to be which is in its essence what the book is about yeah <laughs> it's about reflecting on how life is now and whether it's good or bad <laughs> so that's so interesting you know these prompts and these right you know I've, I've done a lot of writing groups I've done writing prompts it's always interesting when that that one little idea suddenly spirals into something so much bigger. Yeah, and I think the thing is as well, well, you'll know this from doing your writing stuff, I think it's sort of getting out of your own way and writing, taking that idea and writing and keep writing and keep writing, even though you go, this is, this is rubbish, and keep writing and let all of whatever this is in your head come out and then organizing it reading it seeing what you were trying to say and you can read through it can't you I'm very much a big believer just get the ideas out of your head yeah and then you can look at it and go okay what is this what <laughs> what can I put together out of this no yeah. I love it and I'm intrigued you've mentioned very briefly book number two is on the yeah. horizon what can you tell us about book number two so it's called This Family. Um, I think it's definitely called This Family. We, you know, it, the, the, it was in the back of the paperback, so I assume it is, but I suppose it could still change. Things are still up for grabs because the cover reveal hasn't happened yet. So until that does, we don't know. Yeah. But it is coming out, my second book is coming out in June next year. It is about a family. It is set over the course of 12 hours in one day in a garden but it is punctuated by 40 years of memories and is told from nine perspectives of members of the family. Oh. There's a lot of numbers in there, but it's not really about numbers. It's about sort of unpeeling an onion and discovering who all of these characters are and what they mean to each other and how they've hurt each other and how they might have or have not healed from that. Amazing. And it's always interesting, I think, when you've got different perspectives, particularly of one event or one time period, how they all differ, how different people see different events. And, yeah. You know, it's really, really interesting. Um, I can't wait to, to check it out. I can't wait to find out more. Um, obviously, The Stranding has a gorgeous cover as well. So there's probably very high hopes for this family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because I suppose that for some people that have read this, uh, the Stranding are have read it because it's sort of borderline genre. Um, it's a bit dystopian, isn't it? It's got a little bit of dystopia. It's yeah. yeah, but I suppose that's not really where my interest. That was the device that I used to talk about what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Whereas what I'm so what I'm really interested in is relationships and the sort of drama created in those sort of normal everyday relationships and how that can be huge um so that's the same as the stranding in this family it's like that through line that's incredibly exciting so um, yeah the cover who knows who that's... knows well hopefully sooner rather than later you're gonna we're gonna find out yeah exactly <laughs> so i am very curious what your evening is going to involve um 
I have no idea. Some people I can kind of guess, you know, maybe they're really into history or they're really into fantasy or I don't know what you're going to bring for your novel evening, which is very exciting. Uh, so we should start with where are we going to go for your evening? Well, I can already tell you that it's going to be quite eclectic, which you might be able to guess by the way that I don't really fall into particular yeah. genres in my writing. So we're going to um, a photograph by Lee Miller. Now, I didn't know the name of the photograph, but I've looked it up. So I saw it a few years ago at the Portrait Gallery when they did a Lee Miller um, photography retrospective. Um, she was a, an American photographer who sort of hung out with loads of and was married to quite a lot of famous people. But in this particular photograph, um, it is under the shade of a tree, but people are having a picnic. The women, some of the women are wearing tops, but the men are all fully dressed. They've got a little table and it's all like dappled by sunlight. They've got a little table that's like set up, but it's a low table. So they're sitting on cushions on the floor. And the photo is called Picnic at Margins. And it has got Picasso is one of the people there, but like I wouldn't have Picasso necessarily at my evening, but that sort of early evening, light through the trees, this picnic, I mean, it just makes me want to be at that picnic. Everyone looks so relaxed and so bohemian and that they, the, I mean, it's really interesting because some people are looking less like they're having a good time than others but you know that's in a way that's a, a good mix for a party yeah. and that's always the way isn't it I feel like any party you go to there's always people who are kind of perhaps uncomfortable or not as at ease or people who are kind of on the sidelines watching what's happening I think that's a good mix this sounds I'm going to obviously check out this this photograph after we've recorded um, how interesting that the women are, are topless but the men are all are all dressed yeah, I think that's uh, something of the period, something of the artists. I mean, they, yeah. it's a, I don't know, I've always viewed it when I've seen it as like this, oh, look at the freedom of these women, yeah. but then you can look at it from another point of view, but oh, why haven't they got their tops on? Um, yeah, but um, there's something about that picture that always um, sort of speaks to me. And in this family, there's a, an outdoor meal I think it's something I'm really interested in um, under under a willow um, and in the in the garden. And I went to I had a magical evening when I was in my 20s where some, it was someone's birthday and a chef friend of his and ours. He was an actor as well. He set up these long tables under a tree on Wandsworth Common. <laughs> so oh, weird. That's so like, cool. People were really allowed to do that. But yeah, it was just like. It, they had white tablecloths and candles and we ate mushrooms with uh, a yogurt dressing on it anyway so I'm really into these really rare occasions where you can have a meal like a proper meal but yeah. outside so that's where I would have my I love it. I'm very lucky we've got a very very sort of steep tall garden and my husband's very clever and has built a big decked area and he also built like a big long wooden table with benches and I love getting to sit up there under the trees. And I've, I've put so many fairy lights up there. It's a bit obscene, actually. I oh, feel bad for my neighbours because when the sun goes down, it's like woo, at the top <laughs> of the garden. But I love sitting there with just like the lights. And, you know, you say like the sun is setting, the evening's coming in. You know, I love that. There's something about eating outside that immediately feels a little bit luxe, actually, doesn't it? If you're yeah. 
exactly. And I love, don't get me wrong, I love a posh restaurant. I love uh, a, like a trendy restaurant. I love, and I love eating. I love dinner parties as well. I love just eating with people in general. Yeah. But those times that I've eaten outside, even picnics, I just find them yeah. like magic. And a low table, there's something about that that invites you, I think, as well, to use your hands to eat. Yeah. Because it's like a picnic, you know, it invites you to get kind of tactile yeah. with your food as well, which I love. It feels very relaxed. I, yeah. I love this idea. I want to step <laughs> inside this photograph with you. Who's the first person who's going to join us? Well, I'm actually going to go back to front from the way that I've organised it because Ooh. there'll be less judgment. So I'm going to start with, a bit oddly, I'm going to start with uh, my first male guest, who is Anton Chekhov, but it's young Anton Chekhov. Now, I know he wrote plays, but he also wrote short stories. So he's he's still an author. It's still to do with books. It's allowed. It's allowed. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, again, another photograph from the past, but there is a photograph of Anton Chekhov that has been recolorized of him sitting at his desk and not to just be thirsty about my guests, but he is so hot. And also I love his plays. So I'm absolutely Googling this. I'm absolutely just having a quick look at him because I don't know what he looks like. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I've, I mean, oh, don't I? Yeah, he was pretty fit, wasn't he? Okay, as long as it's the right photo, because some of them when uh, he's, you know, obviously as he got old, but actually he also had this, there's another amazing picture of him with his wife where they're both laughing and it's just like oh, one of those fun. Oh yeah it's just one of those ones where you know that it just reminds you that people in the olden days weren't all like just straight faced but yeah. they also laughed and of course his lots of people think of Chekhov's, Chekhov's plays you know the cherry orchard the seagulls one in London at the moment and um, Three Sisters I Love, which has got some influences on this family, because oh, wow. I love stuff. I love I love Chekhov. Um, it's about the everyday, but it's also about the world in general. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Saying something really <laughs> profound. Um, no, I can't remember. I think I would love to talk to him as well, because I think he is really funny, because his plays are although people think they're really serious, they are really funny because they're about people taking themselves a bit too seriously. Mm -hmm. And you know what as well, just conversation, wouldn't he just be interesting to talk to? Yeah, and he was, um, you know, really a forward thinker. Yeah. Um, And at that time, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what he thinks of has become of Russia now as well. Yeah. that would be just I think he would just be the most fascinating person to talk to I mean obviously there's loads of people from that time that would be fascinating to talk to but um yeah Anton Chekhov love it so he's gonna kick off his shoes he's gonna roll up his sleeves and come and sit at the at the table with us yeah who's next so next is um I'm gonna have some contemporary authors Yeah, um, because I, some people that I would like to pick their brains, and they're going to come together in one car, and that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be Bernadine Everisto, um, Kieran Millwood Hargrave, Maggie O'Farrell, and Sarah Women. All women, sorry, but there we go. Um, yeah, because I just I'm so into all of their books, uh, the way they write and also them as people uh, you know uh, in interviews and stuff that I would just love to have them 
mixed in with my people from the past and my oh. people my people from fiction I mean I, I mean girl woman other was absolutely just incredible I mean the dance tree I read very recently that's obviously mm -hmm. you know Kieran's newest novel I mean pff, yeah that was a book that I was reading and I was like why am I writing why did, like <laughs> I'm not gonna write anything like this what am I doing like it's oh almost gosh. poetry isn't it her prose is almost poetry and it's it, it's it's really spare but it absolutely hammers home I think it's I think she's just got a really interesting way with words that feels really sensual mm. and sort of elevated but also you can understand it's like a painting I feel like her yeah. writing is like painting you know I just and you feel like it, you feel the heat of you know the setting as much as you felt the cold of the mercies you feel yeah. you know obviously Hamnet Maggie O'Farrell I mean pff, Hamnet was incredible yeah. uh, and Sarah Winman she writes still life that's the only one I yeah. haven't read but I've yeah. got a group of friends who are buddy reading at the moment they're all just gushing over it yeah it's wonderful and I um I also read Tim Mann earlier this year and Maggie O'Farrell, I mean, I'm sure you're reading something at the moment, but Instructions for a Heatwave is another one like Dance Tree that is just so hot <laughs> that um, it's really interesting. I, 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 yeah, I just think they're all writers at the top of their game that I hope in real life to meet and talk about um, work with them at some point, but uh, yeah, that they would. I would love to have them there. Oh my goodness, Kieran is one of the the recordings I've done where I think I was really starstruck, and I was yeah. really nervous because I was like, "What am I going to possibly have to ask her that will be at all insightful?" Um, and actually, we just talked about making bathtub tequila and eating octopus, um, <laughs> which was great because I was like, "Oh, I need to think of something really, really clever to say to her," and it just did not happen. But she's lovely, and I mean, Maggie O'Farrell would be a dream for me. I think I'd. Yeah. I'd probably cry a little bit if I got to talk to her but yeah I could, these four women turning up together would be amazing but, but that brings me the bathtub tequila brings me reminds me and the octopus actually is that I would have um a friend to chef it so I um I'm, I'm good friends with Olya Hercules um who is a Ukrainian chef and I got to know her because I was working in a restaurant where she did some pop-ups to launch cookbooks and we've remain friends but her new book um home food has just come out with like all of these amazing ukrainian food like wow. dishes and um she's doing amazing work to try and help people in ukraine as well like her family some of her family is still there some of her family's managed to come over to the uk yeah. but her food is incredible and so i would definitely have her there and also she's brilliant at recommending amazing wines so i'm pairing them with her food so so that would who that would be who would be catering it but she could also join us because yeah. she's really good fun i'm not the best cook in the world but i do love i love cookbooks less to cook from and more just to look at the pictures i love yeah. to just go to like, oh look at that and then be like i'm never gonna make that yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love to uh, to check out some of her recipes and, and just look at photos of her food um yeah. <laughs> and never dare to try and make it because it would be awful but I this sounds good this sounds good okay these four women have arrived Anton's tucking into some canapes your friend's yeah. picking up a storm who's next um Elizabeth Jane Howard now I have just finished reading all five of the Cazalet Chronicles 
Um, so these are books that are quite beloved by a lot of people, but I feel not enough people know about. <laughs> I've not <laughs> heard of these at all. So they were written in, the first one was written in 1990, but the first one starts in the year before 1938 on the run-up to the Second World War. And it is a portrait of this mm, upper middle class or mm, upper class, I don't know, a family that runs a wood, hardwoods importer, <laughs> I guess. Um, so the father runs that and the brothers run it and then there's the sister and um, the wives and the children and they live in this house called Home Place uh, down in Sussex, I think, uh, close to Hastings. And it follows them from, the first book follows them for the two years until the outbreak of the Second World War, but then it follows them, the other books follow them right the way through the war and then up until the 60s. Oh, wow. They are, it's a lot, it's a commitment to read all of yeah. them. You can, but you can certainly read the first one um, standalone. But she's, it's, she hasn't just written the Caslet Chronicles, she's also written lots of novels, short stories, novellas, and they're all, they all have this amazing, she was quite privileged. It's sort the Caslets are sort of based on her family in a way. Um, she writes, she's quite a lefty and she writes about society whilst also writing about family and she writes these people that are quite privileged and sort of blinkered to the world around them but you still care about them even when they're awful because she makes them so human some of them do terrible terrible things and you still sort of like them and it's really weird um and then she also occasionally gives a short voice to people that are just on the periphery so she gives just a short voice to a doctor that comes and helps with a stillbirth. And he, in the car on his way back, he just breaks your heart because you realise that he's lost his sons in the, second, in the First World War. And it's just amazing. She just has this brilliant thing for juxtaposition. And I just think she'd be the most fascinating person to talk to. She was married to Kingsley Amos among, that was one wow. of her uh, It was one of her husbands. <laughs> and um, she had a long life, long literary life, um, died, I think when she was 90. And I just think she would be such an interesting person to talk to. Her other book as well, also she wrote about people having, well, she wrote about queerness as well in her books without, you know when it wasn't a thing really yeah yeah um so there's a brilliant book called odd girl out which is set in the 70s again it's about wealth versus not like people yeah. having nothing and really struggling in the 70s um and it's but it's also about these three people having uh, an affair, a, a sort of a threesome affair. Um, wow, that would be quite shocking as well with that exactly. narrative. Yeah, so- I can imagine her with these other women as well, having some incredible conversations. Oh yeah, I'm sure that everyone would want to pick her brain as well. Yeah. 
But I also think it'd be really interesting having a Chekhov and um, Elizabeth Jane Howard talking to each other about sort mm. of family, how you depict a family and how much of their work was based on their family or not. Yeah. Mine isn't, so that's why I'm really interested how much other people are. I mean, yeah. of course, there's always elements of people you know, but um, yeah, it's not based on my family. So. Oh, okay. So is there anyone else coming? Have you got a few more guests? Yeah, I've got two more guests. Okay, okay. Um, so they are both the fictional ones and I've left them till last. So the first, <laughs> the first one is Feathers, who is um, the main character in Angela Carter's Nights at the Circus. Now she is a Victorian, Victoriana, um, Victorian, what's it called? Uh, what they called the hall, uh, dance hall, music hall. She is a Victorian music hall performer. Right. She, <laughs> who performs, yeah, she performs on a high wire and the, and the trapeze. Yeah. But what she's most known for is the fact she has wings. Um, which was discovered by uh, Madam when she was in a whorehouse. And she is Angela Carter's sort of expression of the feminine mystique. And so in the book, Knights of the Circus, there's this intrepid young male reporter that basically is trying to uncover the, the secret about her, which is, of course, like a metaphor for the him trying to get to why she's so mysterious yeah. and break it down and in the process of course he begins to really fancy her um and she is just this like really lush grotesque huge I'm quite big so it'd be nice to have some other women there that are quite big um, <laughs> like you know tall and and there's a scene at the beginning where she's eating and she's got food around her mouth and so I think she would be fun provide entertainment and also just be maybe a little bit frightening so okay oh that's intriguing that is intriguing it's, it's one of those books that again I haven't read um I have heard so much about it I know I need to read it um this has sold it to me um, so thank you for adding to my TBR pile. <laughs> it really needed boosting. So <laughs> I think it depends on the copy you get because mine has got such small print that it sort of puts you off. You oh. know, when you look at it and it looks just so dense on the page. But once you get into it, it's just, you know, just absolutely takes you to a different place. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So who is your final guest? So my final guest is probably who I'll have the most judgment about but it's um it's Matthew Claremont from Discovery of Witches. What's your reasoning behind this? Well um <laughs> again it's not entirely just me being thirsty but um in the TV program it is he is performed by Matthew Good um and I'm not saying I'm inviting Matthew Good but like if <laughs> if he came if Matthew de Claremont came and ended up uh looking a bit like Matthew Good um and was really I mean I could be intellectual about it shall I tend to be intellectual about it he's from like an, he, he knew Shakespeare and uh <laughs> yeah no, there's literally no judgment because I have never done my evening 
Um, and it's great for me to chat with other people and be, you know, intellectual about it. But I know mine would just be a full-blown thirst fest and it would just be all the men in the books <laughs> that I want to fancy and me. Maybe they'll feed me some stuff in this great hall. Like, I can't even lie. So I know you're like, oh, you know, intellectual reason. No, I think you need a bit of thirst at a party. What's a party without some, yeah. someone to ogle at? Oh, well, I was just trying to think of who do I fancy in books. And it, it's quite rare. I mean, and and also... People that I fancied at the time of reading the book, sometimes I come away from it and go, oh, they were really problematic. And so we could say that this vampire is a bit problematic, because he kind of is, I suppose. But he's the least problematic vampire, I think, of... <laughs> he's not as bad as Edward. Edward is much more problematic. I mean, uh, anybody who's basically been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years and and pre pretends as though this one person is their only one is it, it he they're problematic but you know give, he's, give myself the least, he's the lesser of all of the evils yeah yeah my <laughs> other choice I, I i was thrown between him and the um recent what's the uh, book lovers the male lead in that he also was really sexy but also probably a bit problematic uh, uh, a bit of a like dark and stormy editor you know <laughs> yeah see all of mine are usually like the bad boy turned good I think I have that I think I very much have a bit of a, a market in that they all seem to be like oh my god he's so awful but also he's got a gentle side um <laughs> I mean there's room there's absolutely room for entertainment and escapism in our reading because I, I personally don't think that it all needs to be like just intellectually stimulating and I raced through those Discovery of Witches books. I just absolutely loved it, the first best of it. So, you know, I, what can I say? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I feel like my market, my niche is smutty fantasy. I love it. I'm here for it. It's my escapism. If I've yeah. read like a whole lot of various books, and I just think, God, I just need to just dive into a book and not have to think smutty fantasy. Um. <laughs> And the thing is, it's really not what I'm looking for in real life, necessarily, you know. Um, but That's I what good boyfriends are for. That's what they're for. <laughs> you get to have a taste of something different without committing. <laughs> yeah, book boyfriends, yeah. So that would be, he would be one of my book boyfriends that I would invite along just for fun. Perfect. <laughs> so is there anybody who's not welcome at your evening? This is oh, hard. it is really hard, isn't it? That, that was the thing that I found the hardest to... <laughs> think about but um yeah I <laughs> as much as I loved reading um now this is also a, a problematic book is Gone, Gone with the Wind yeah it is something like it's of it's definitely of an era and an era that has just so much to say about you know the, the book is problematic so I'm not even but those characters are just like actual idiots but that's why you want to keep reading it um there's so much drama aren't they they're just just the most absurd levels of drama and foolishness and yeah. apart from being like terrible people as well um but for some reason you 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 do want to keep reading it um but they would not be welcome i i can't be i can't i'm there for like a bit of fire from feathers or a bit of um you know what should we say blood sucking from de Claremont but I'm not I'm not up for 
like just being a pain in the neck for no reason and that they are both that I whenever you see them on like I don't know like top lists of romantic couples I'm like did everybody like watch the same thing and read the same thing like yeah. it's like Wuthering Heights when it was like yeah, oh, I was I and I'm like do one as well and and Rochester not welcome <laughs> not coming if yeah. you lock your wife in an attic you're not yeah. a good person you know you're not you're not welcome even if you're going to be portrayed by really handsome men in the tv adaptations still not coming even if you're michael fassbender you still don't get to be there but what would be fun particularly with these three men would be to see the women at this table pick them apart because i think if you've got some women (laughs) who would break them down this is it yeah, if they were to uh, gate crash, it would be the wrong party for them to gate crash because we've just got too many, uh, yeah, clever women sitting at that yeah. table. And Anton would write a, a play about it all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Fedwis would just do some circus tricks and eat all of the food that Ollie has made. So, yeah. This is perfect. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, it's really interesting to hear your reasons behind uh, certain people and I also love the fact you've gone a bit personal with your catering choice that's wonderful (laughs) Um, and before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your day I have to ask if you're reading anything at the moment yeah so actually I'm just nearly at the end of the dance tree so yeah I haven't got very far to go can't tell you where I am because that's a spoiler but yeah it's quite a dramatic moment yeah um that I've just put down the book at um and I'm loving it as much as much as I love the mercies um I have just finished the Cazalet Chronicles as I mentioned which was a commitment and all of my June reading and I've got lined up um more Emily Henry having loved book lovers um and also um from London with love by Sarah Manning oh fun Oh, Sarah Manning. I think she's a Sarah. Sarah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, because I, when I'm editing, I like to read something that is there for the entertainment. So I really want to read some like fun and romantic rom-coms. Um, I've heard a few uh, writers say um, that, you know, especially when they're deep in editing their own stuff, they like to read something that's completely different to what their, their work is. Yeah, I think that, well, it's a bit like you said, if I was reading The Dance Tree while I was editing, I'd be thinking that, you know, because um, my writing isn't as beautiful as Kieran's. That's not to say it doesn't have its own beauty, but, you know, what I mean is that you, I wouldn't want to compare, whereas what is brilliant about rom-coms is they have this, like, forward thrust of story being really entertaining and they, you know, can make you laugh and can make you feel a bit horny and make you feel like, make you feel sad. So they had to do all of that stuff, but I, I, I'm not writing a rom-com, so I don't need to think, oh, my book's not wrong, you know, like this enough. So yeah. literary fiction is off the table when I'm writing, yeah. That is very fair. And I think there is a place for a good rom-com sometimes. You just need it definitely and something about the heat as well something about the summer just makes me much more yeah it's not they're they're less book in front of the fire for me and that's more like if I was going to go for something 
like super entertaining in the winter it would be um you know thrillers or, yes. or some really good historical fiction but um that's yeah. so funny how seasons I know exactly what you meant because I'm like there's a reason some books are holiday reads you know a short really quick thriller or a quick romance there's a reason you get you know you want to sit by a pool and, and do that but yeah if you want to sit by a fireplace like say some lush historical fiction or for me some like really rich fantasy yeah that's the one well yeah. thank you thank you so very much for taking the time to chat with me it's been an absolute pleasure it's been lovely and I'm really looking forward to meeting you um, on Saturday at yes. the book party. I'm going to apologise now for anything I do or say. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, oh, it's actually been recorded as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 